0: Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers, this is episode 5 of A View to a Cocker Ranger, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Ninja Sentai Cocker Ranger. Every week we watch an episode of the show, we share our thoughts with you, the listeners. My name is Matt J. With me, as always, is my co-host and brother, Dave. Dave, how you doing today, bud? Can't complain,
1: man. Things are going pretty well. Good to hear. Good to hear.
0: Anything, uh, anything I always special feel... in your life right <laughs> now that's not going to get covered in the five stars? Uh, I'm going out of
1: town for the weekend, so that'll nice. be cool. Yeah. Going up to the Jersey Shore. But like the nice, a nice part of it? i sure that exists. So, I believe you. It's yeah, the Garden State. Yeah, no, no, no. State. It totally does. Here's the weird thing is that, okay, so I think of Jersey as being like one giant city, kind of like Mega City One, like just from top to bottom. Okay. Because it's right next to New York. Like, but it's not. That is a total misconception. New Jersey is the Garden State. Like huge tracts of it insofar as anything in New Jersey is huge because it's like kind of a small state. But, like, most of New Jersey is, like, pretty rural. And so the spot that I go to in Jersey, like, once you get off the highway, it's just an hour of, like, state routes to get to this spot. spot. And it's just, it's a long drive, and it's weird. Because I'm like, I'm in New Jersey, and there should be a city, and there just isn't. Uh,
0: But you know what there is, Dave? There is episode five. Of Ninja Sentai Kaka Ranger. Dave, today we're watching the episode called The Uneven Strange Gamers, uh, That's which sounds a lot. a lot like our college a, days. Um, yeah, a lot of title in that title. But, Dave, before we get into that, of course, we must first go through our officially two time award winning opening segment. Dave, Shining in the Heavens, there are five stars. What is our first star of the week?
1: So this is a very exciting development in the uh, Super Sentai Brothers at All Universe twenty sixteen. We're upping our game. Up that game, guys! We have a website now, not just for us, but for all of the Retrograde Orbit family of podcasts, of which there are a couple now. So the website is Retrograde
0: Orbit Radio. Com. Yes, and, and here to tell us more about it and to join us for the five stars today, uh, we have producer Mark. Welcome, Mark. Hey, guys. How you doing? So why don't you tell us what we can find at this new website that you've been working <laughs> on?
2: Sure. Uh, yeah, I do want to note right off the top, if you want to specifically find the Super Sentai brothers, you can go to retrogradeorbitradio.com. Backslash Super Sentai Bros. And that will take you directly to the Super Sentai Brothers page. Nice. Yeah. Good
0: to know. It's only
2: been, what, two years in the coming? But hey, we're there now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we have had like long dreams. We're just like, guys, we ought to, we really got to get a website. And then everybody unanimously just says, like, yeah, 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 we totally should do that. And I think we've actually had the URL mark. Is this right for like a year and a half or something? We have, yeah. We've had a couple of, I think,
2: uh, at least a year and a half ago, we kind of kicked around (laughs) the idea and proposed a couple of potential URLs, and we've been sitting on a few of them, actually.
1: (laughs) Okay. Well, if you wanted any of those other ones, I don't know what they are. But if there's like something close to that that you just been like spamming trying to get it, now might be your opportunity.
2: <laughs> right, and, and you're right. I think every time we have a conversation around kind of next steps for the show, which is something we do sometimes, uh, website we do, is yeah, it, we think is about it always right there on the top of the list. But uh, it just took a while.
0: I don't, yeah, but Mark finally made
2: meetings. it happen. Yeah, in our monthly <laughs> staff meetings.
1: <laughs> we don't. We don't have staff meetings.
2: No, we get periodic emails from Matt saying, hey, guys, I was thinking about the show.
0: Which I do sometimes when I'd rather not be thinking about work while I'm at work.
2: Right. So like you alluded to a minute ago, we have uh, three active shows and one what I'm calling a legacy show. I like Under that. the Retrograde Orbit radio banner. And listeners okay, well, to your program should be uh, uh, at least vaguely familiar well, at least longtime listeners to your program will be vaguely familiar with the legacy program because it is the ration cast or the ration project
1: that's rather. right so the current projects that are up on retrograde radio.com are of course super sentai brothers now in its third amazing season the flagship of retrograde orbit radio that's very kind of you to say mark uh but yeah, I, I mean, I guess with the longest running, how about that? <laughs> we can <could> definitely <laughs> yeah. say that's true. So the actor shows right now are the Super Sentai Brothers, which you know of because you're listening to it right now, the and one would also you
0: are familiar with it. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. uh, there is another podcast that our friends Tom and Lucas do called Ameri Eurovision Cast, and Ameri Eurovision Cast is their monthly slash weekly update. Of the European, like the Pan European Song Games, Eurovision, and you know, while it's like be, it's a once a them year
0: Pan European Song Games, makes it sound like way more Hunger Gamesy, and I'm uh, <laughs> very into it.
1: Yeah, uh, I was hoping that was the vibe it would put off, and I'm glad it landed. So, what Amer- Eurovision is? Is it's like a it's a european song contest where every like every country sends its own song and then there's this giant competition and it's this once a year thing and like i guess people in europe love it big deal it's a real big and deal and so at, people in europe and our friends uh Tom and Lucas Megan and Lucas and so <laughs> Like, during the season, they watch and kind of review and update about the show, and then in the off-season, they do, I think, once a month. Is that right?
2: Roundabouts, yeah. I don't think they have a precise schedule, but it averages out to so about once every month. And uh, They are gearing up now for Junior Eurovision, which I think is Ooh. happening Ooh. in November, so they'll be back to a more frequent uh, publishing schedule through probably uh, late October through November. So yeah, Eurovision is sort of, if you think American Idol at the height of its American popularity, kind of spread throughout Europe instead. It is sort of that, sort of.
1: So just, sorry, real quick aside, side note about awards shows that people in other countries love. Uh You know what award ceremony is huge in Sweden? No. Oh, yes,
0: actually. The Nobels. Huh. like people Swedish have people like parties for the nobels like the way that people in like the american mid south have parties to watch like the kentucky derby i feel like <laughs> that is what swedes do for the nobel prize wow
1: yeah or like the oscars or emmy something like it's a big deal in sweden <laughs> so and then there's also the legacy cast which was the ration cast, which was my wife, Beth, and I, and then actually those same friends, Megan and Lucas. And they did a year-long project in living history where we lived on World War II rations for a year. It was super intense. It was a real crazy experience. Uh, They recorded it every week. It's super, super interesting. If you're interested in cooking or history or kind of like homemaking or history or anything like that i said history twice that's fine. got a lot, a lot of history, history in yeah. show. there's a lot of history in there now you may be saying hey i thought there were three active podcasts you've only mentioned two and you jumped right to the legacy podcast dave what's up with that well this leads us to our second star of the week you guys brand new podcast
0: yeah, we so are. Mark, Mark, what is our second star of the week?
2: Second star of the week is Mount Olympus, which is a Hercules and Xena podcast. Nice. Yeah, we are about uh well, as soon as I'm done recording here, I'm gonna make another Skype call when we're going to be recording episode five. It drops every Wednesday, so in the cycle, it's right behind Super Sentai Brothers. That is done intentionally because I edit both of those programs and it gives me the maximum amount of time to get it done before I have to post it. So what this program is to the Super Sentai franchise, uh, Mount Olympus is to the Hercules and Xena programs of the mid-90s. We're watching an episode at a time week by week in publishing order and just kind of getting into the nitty gritty.
1: So Mark, just is, real quickly, it, I do, I am going to ask you to refer to it always by its full title.
2: <laughs> well, its full title alternates a little bit uh, because we are oh, reviewing okay. both Hercules and Xena. Hercules was the first program. It ran for a single 13 episode season one out of which spun off Xena. And then they kind of ran contemporarily for about six additional seasons. So we're, we're taking them in airing order. So right now we're only working through the first 13 episodes of Hercules. Uh, but while we are doing that, kind of like you guys subtitle your programs according to the season of uh, the Sentai program that you're watching. We are subtitling our program according to which, which of those shows we're viewing. So right now we are in the middle of Mount Olympus, Hercules, the Legendary Podcasts.
1: That's what I wanted. Those are the words I needed to hear. Thank you. And
2: coming up soon is Xena Warrior Podcast.
1: Ah oh, oh okay. Now I understand like the bouncing back and forth that was happening on the email chain. Which, which we do have. So yeah, guys. Uh, look, so there's... Now, uh,
0: now, do you plan after that to do the Adventures of Young Hercules, the legendary podcast? We absolutely are going to do that. Yeah, there's a solid... It only ran for two seasons, but there is a solid
2: 52 episodes of that program.
0: Dude, so. that, that classic <laughs> Young Ryan Gosling vehicle. Young Ryan
2: Gosling. Yeah. I was
0: going to say.
2: And there's a fair amount of crossover with a lot of the characters from the kind of main timeline universe, especially Ares. But there's a, there's a lot of common appearances there so we're gonna have a lot of fun when we get to that
0: nice, good dude. stuff Listen, man uh, yeah mark was over at my place the other day uh and he had to watch an episode of hercules to prepare for it and so i for the first time in i don't know man 15 years probably watched an episode <laughs> of hercules the legendary journeys and like dudes that show is a lot more um I cannot even think of the proper word. To I was going to say, my this dude, you got to come up with journeys. something. Um, it's just a lot more, not intense, because when I say intense, I feel like I'm implying a certain, like, on this program, or I'm at least, a certain kind of intensity. Um, it's just very it's just, much of its time. It is.
2: <laughs> it's got a lot of 90s influence in it that you don't remember necessarily, because in the 90s, that all seemed contemporary. Uh, when you go back and watch it, even like hairstyles and certain fashion choices, like accents, dialogue, styles. there was a... Uh, oh,
1: yeah. No, dude, we we get it. We are in like the throes of <laughs> right. a deeply 90s program <laughs> right now.
2: There was a Lemia who was the kind of the big bad, the final boss of episode one or two, who had a distinctly 90s Valley Girl accent. <laughs> <laughs> nice.
0: So yeah, definitely check out uh, Hercules the Legendary Podcast, uh, which is probably not how you would find it on iTunes. What, you find it as Mount Olympus on iTunes, It is
2: Mount Olympus on iTunes. You can find it on Facebook, Twitter, Gmail, everything Mount Olympus pod. That handle will get anywhere you you need
0: to go. Or at retrogradeorbitradio.com slash something, I assume.
2: Mount Olympus. That's
0: right. Yeah. And we have now,
2: as of about an hour ago... We have the full archives up of all of the Retrograde Orbit Radio family of podcasts. So you can actually hit retrogradeorbitradio.com slash archives and get all of the Retrograde Orbit Radio audio you could possibly want.
0: It will take you awesome. quite a bit of time to work through it.
1: <laughs> yeah, well. yeah, you would be there for a while, but you can have it. You can have it if you well, want you it. You can have it all. So <laughs> Matt... Uh, All of this exciting stuff aside, man, well, I'm still excited about the other stars, but what's our third star of the week?
0: Uh, Dave, our third star of the week is, I got a Commute Update. Commute Update! Okay, Dave, so I may have mentioned this to you, but a few weeks ago, um, when I was driving home from work, it was raining, and um, when I went to go turn my car off, I noticed that the, uh, the rear windshield wiper had stopped moving. Uh, and yeah, so, I vaguely
1: recall this.
0: Yeah, it's and listen... Like a non-functioning rear windshield wiper is not like the end of the world, right? Like the defogger yeah, still works. Yeah, it's worked. a pain, but whatever. Um, but it is—it is one of those things that is a distinctly non-essential repair. Uh, yeah. And I am one of the all-time greats as it comes to delaying a non-essential repair. Yeah, uh, you are circus good at that. Uh, you can uh, go to I, the non-repair Olympics occasionally. I don't repair vital things but in this case it was a non-vital thing so i was just putting it off honestly mostly because when you live alone and you don't like live on the same block as your mechanic it is a real pain in the neck to have any work done
1: yeah that makes sense
0: so the other day i'm in the car it's not raining uh so there's no reason for my work to be on except that i had just never turned it off because it was broken and so, like, I would sort of fiddle with the knob every once in a while. So, I guess I had just left it in the on position at one point. I look right. at my uh, rear view mirror, and my windshield wiper has just started working again after like a month. What? Yeah. I have no idea no, no, what no. happened, no, but it okay. is working perfectly. No,
1: okay, Matt, listen. I love you, but you have just committed a wrong against anybody who is listening to you. Here's why in everybody's secret heart we have this belief that machines will heal over time we're like oh just you know like just leave it alone and it will get better right but that doesn't actually happen well dave like, please don't let me that's no uh, that's refer not how the universe A. works matt and so what you have done is you have just like given false hope and reinforced like wrongness because now I'm going to believe it. Next time something <laughs> happens with my car, I'm just going to be like,
0: I'm just going to leave it. Just it'll, leave it alone. it'll get better. Eventually, eventually, that warning light will turn off and everything will be cool. Okay, here's, here's <laughs> what I want. Listeners, because I cannot be the only person to whom this has happened. If you, the listener, have ever had a piece of machinery spontaneously repair itself, let me know. Because I want to hear these stories. Cause Do not let him know. I'm fascinated by the idea.
1: Do not encourage him in this. I beg you.
0: (laughs) Okay. Uh, So, Dave, what then is our fourth star of the week?
1: (laughs) So, our first star of the week, Matt, is... So, apparently, somebody down at the Board of Education, where I teach, has gotten, like, a bee in their bonnet about room decorations. Like... Like, teachers... You know those posters that teachers buy that, like, they buy at teacher stores?
0: Yeah, like... Like, every teacher says, has the same...
1: Yeah, 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 exactly. Or, like, you know, just big lists of verbs.
0: So, <laughs> I did not I guess... know that was one of the poster options.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I spent a lot of time around English now I know classroom. exactly
2: the one you're talking about. Mr.
1: Rebar. Right.
2: Hanging in 8th grade English. <laughs>
1: okay. But, um... I don't... I don't like to have my room decorated. Because, like... I'm a, little, I'm a little ADD, and I find them distracting. And I've actually talked to some of my kids, and I've asked classes. I'm like, would it help you guys out if I had these posters up? And they're always like, no, no. I, we actually don't understand why teachers all do that. Like, It doesn't really make sense to us, and we find the, it kind of how distracting. How much of that
2: is your distraction, and how much of it is just your sense of uh, austerity? Because I remember your college dorm room, and you put almost nothing on your walls anywhere. It was very Spartan.
1: Uh okay, I'm not gonna lie, I do tend to just not have decorations up. (laughs) But that is there is part of it. It's a little column A, a little column B. But so anyway, so my my principal has been like, listen, this person at the board, like, who is in a position of authority, they want decorations up, you gotta put decorations up. And the first decoration I thought to put up, which I did not, was just was to like uh pull my classes. And just see who actually wanted decorations up and then have my one decoration being a poster of the poll results <laughs> saying that nobody wanted decorations. But I thought that would get me in trouble. So what I decided to do is I decided to just make my own posters uh, with the help of my wife who's much more graphically inclined than I am. And they're posters with messages that like, I think the kids need to hear. So I have okay. one poster that's, that's up from the school that they made me put up that's like, you're amazing. Amazing. Which which I don't like.
0: <laughs> sure because it's just amazing.
1: like some of them are. Also, just I wanna say as an English teacher, amazing does not necessarily mean good. <laughs> right. It is just you're amazing. I'm just like, imagining wow, you found
2: you, up posters that all say up your game.
1: That would, I really should have a poster that says up your game. I can't believe I didn't think about that till just now. Then you but need to no, I want
0: it, but have like a little hook over the last letter or the yes. last number rather. <laughs> so you can just like put up new numbers so that when it's 2017, you can still remind them to up their game.
1: So I should do that. So the one, I made two posters, one of them, have you ever heard somebody say like, oh, I'm smart, but I'm real lazy. You know that one? I hate that. Yeah. 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 drives me crazy. Because the kids who always say it are the ones, well, okay, I don't want to get too deep (laughs) into it, but I did make myself a poster that says, smart but lazy just means scared.
0: Hey, I like that. I was like, "Nice."
1: yeah, thank you. Uh, I wanted to say something stronger, like smart but lazy is the excuse of cowards, but Beth thought that was too much. (laughs) And, And I also have a poster that says, talented intelligence are meaningless without hard work. (laughs) <laughs> because I was like, that's a message that I should have heard in high school, because I got through high school. I was like, I'm talented. I'm smart. like I did real well in high school, and I thought that was totally great, and I didn't work real hard, and I got to college, and I got run over by a freight train.
2: I had the exact same experience. Uh, yep, that could have been too. describing
1: my very life. Exactly, so how much better would your life have been had your high school English-slash-theater teacher had a poster up in their room that said, talent and intelligence are meaningless without hard work? So much better, right? Absolutely. Much. You don't need to answer that. So, so those are the posters I have, and then I have some, like, grammar rule posters, but, like, ones that I made that I think will actually be useful. Nice. So that's just my, uh, those are my posters that I have up in my room, and I hope that the assistant superintendent finds them sufficient. <laughs>
0: Uh, so, Dave, then, what is our fifth and final star of the week?
1: The fifth and final star, Matt, is that we are about to watch Ninja Sentai Kaku Ranger, and I'm going to watch it on some DVDs oh, that dude. my favorite brother got me from my as an early birthday present.
0: It's it's a game changer, right? Oh, dude, you that, guys. That game's unchanged.
1: Uh, game's unchanged. I just got the DVDs. Now, uh, I had been watching it. I had just been watching it before, in an inferior way, but now I've got the DVDs. Uh, I don't know how much they were because Matt got them for me for my birthday, and it would be impolite to ask, but you should absolutely get these DVDs. You can get them from ShoutFactory.com, and it just is so, so much better to just have the DVDs and, in okay. front of you. And
2: ShoutFactory is real good people. They're behind a lot of good projects and programming, so you know, throw some shekels their way. Go support them.
0: Yeah. So yeah. okay. So here's the jam. When we started this show, uh, two and a little plus years ago, uh, and we started watching Die Ranger. At that time, all of Die Ranger was on YouTube, because like, right, the Sentai stuff was so far away from actually being on DVD in the states that just like, you know, it got put up on YouTube and no one bothered taking it down.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Like, who cares? Right, but as these last two years have progressed, and we've gotten these DVD sets coming out, uh, it's been great, because I've bought them all, but it has been a little tricky for our little podcast, because it means that, like, the methods by which we had been watching before, like, that stuff ain't on YouTube anymore, Uh, and so we had had to sort of, like, scrounge a bit uh, to get those videos, and now actually having them, like, legit and clean and not having to worry about my internet cutting out in the middle... Uh, It's just so, so good. Like it really, it, it is a marked increase on my quality of life, not just while I'm watching it, but because whenever I stop to think about it, I know that they're just there waiting for me. And we've had some issues in the past that now that
2: we are all operating from the same DVD set will alleviate in terms of kind of fan translations and getting differing versions of some names and places and things like that.
0: Yeah, so, that was absolutely an issue when we started this one. I think I think there was sort of double trouble because Dave and I were watching it differently to begin with, yep. and also uh, the translation for this show can be a little, you know, as we've discussed in previous episodes, like kind of tricky because a lot of it is so specific to like you know things in Japanese culture and history. So now that we're all um, so, you know using the same playbook, it's going to be a lot smoother. Mm. So speaking of actually. Let's go watch Ninja Sentai Kaki Ranger. Yeah, man. Let's do it. We are going to watch episode five. It is called The Uneven Strange Gamers. Uh, Mark, thank you again for joining us for the five stars. Yeah, it was fun. And we will see you, the listeners, right after this. Ninja, ninja! Okay, welcome back. So we've just finished watching episode five. Uh, Dave, what did you think about our show this week? I think our
1: show is going to be real easy this week.
0: Yes, okay. <laughs> what do you think <laughs> about the
1: other Conqueror? show, the one that we just watched? <laughs> was, uh, no, it was fun, man. It was real weird. So the monster is a weird one, dude. Like, I feel like this is kind of a stretch. We'll talk about it in a second. So the first thing that we see is Saizo, the Blue Ranger, shopping. And he is out,
0: like, just trying on sport jackets. You have no idea why. Okay, so he's in he's in what appears to be like an Eddie Bauer or something. It's like a you know, like a sus, like a sort of upscale like what early nineties I was gonna say, nineteen
1: ninety three? Yeah.
0: Totally Eddie Bauer. Yeah. Uh you know, a lot of suits, a lot of sweaters, you know, khakis on the wall, that sort of thing. Uh yep. he is trying on sport coats, as you said, Dave. They are all identical except for the color. Yes. Also, he has not changed, by
1: the way. So he's trying on these sport coats over his flannel sweater, bandana, torn up jeans boots.
0: Yes. Like the
1: rest of his outfit is totally the
0: same, just sport jackets over it. And in case you haven't seen this outfit, I just want to remind you, uh, he has a flannel shirt tied around his waist. He is wearing a hoodie that is a gray sweater uh, that is pushed up to his elbows um under that hoodie i'm sorry on in the front of that hoodie there are like four sections of separate plaids that are there on sort of like a like half grid pattern there is a hood coming out of the back as previously mentioned it is a hoodie uh that is a different sort of plaid underneath coming out of the sleeves are two separate flan- uh, not flannels uh, i think two separate camo patterns uh, sort of layered on top of each so. other although i'm not totally sure about that Uh, And so, yes, it is on top of this ensemble that he starts putting, like, fancy sport coats.
1: So he's trying these jackets on, and I assume it's the saleswoman. Like, at first I thought it was supposed to be a character, but I think it's just the saleswoman. She's all over him. She's like, oh, my gosh, this looks so great. I just can't decide which one looks best on you. Oh,
0: good. You've got such a great look. Yeah,
1: Sizo eating it up. So he's like, this is the best. He, whatever one he's trying on, he's like, this is the best one. This is the one I want to get. So he looks down at the tag, and it is 130,000 yen, which is like 1,200 bucks, give or take.
0: And, and so is, he freaks out. That is more money than Saizo has ever seen in his life. And so he does not like immediately run out of the store to his credit. He at least like takes off the jacket and tries to make a lie about like, oh, I need to go look at other things in the store, away from you, she, goodbye.
1: <laughs> the sales lady sees right through it. She's furious. But he pops out and he's like, man, like this sucks. Like being poor
0: is super lame. I, well, and s- What he says specifically is that being poor can be lonely. Which I don't know, because dude, Sasuke, your best bud is also super poor all the time. So. Yeah, but I think what he really wants is to hang out with that sales lady and he cannot impress her by buying a by $130, buying $130, no jackets dollars jacket yeah
1: 130,000 uh, yen yeah, i'm sorry 130,000
0: yes. yen yes buying so, zero jackets is not going to impress her <laughs> so
1: as he is walking down the street he sees this bus barreling down the road there's a kid in the road sizo like runs and uh, like dive tackles the kid out of the way bus drives by the bus driver is mad at them for some reason like get out of the road i guess I
0: really thought for a moment that the bus driver was going to be a yokai.
1: I genuinely assumed that that was going to be the case. Because, right, like, like, who else would be angry at the person who's just saved a kid from your your truck? Yeah, he's got like, this sorry.
0: weird-looking beard and, like, a bandana around his forehead and these big sunglasses. And he was yelling at a kid to be almost murdered. I'm like, okay, here he is. It's our villain. <laughs> Nope, that That's- is just that is just a jerk. So
1: <laughs> So he saves the kid, and the kid's like, Oh man, thanks, dude. He's like, No problem, little buddy. I gotcha.
0: You sure so, are lucky that an athletic guy like me was around
1: to save you. And so Sizo's like, Well, see you again never and he just like jogs away. Kid looks down, realizes Sizo has lost his wallet with the little money that he did
0: have. Yes. Now of course, this being 1994, it is like a blue polyester Velcro wallet.
1: Yeah, all wallets from the nineties are Velcro. Like yeah. You can't. I mean, i had it's one. a law. Yeah. So the okay, so we go from there to the narrator, and the narrator is like, oh man, poor Saizo, This week's yokai is this one," and then it just flashes. It just like hard cuts to a dude on a
0: bike. And I guess that's our yokai? Yes. So So, uh, this guy, his look is not nearly as extreme as the bus driver's was. Right. Uh, He is wearing a, like, neon yellow hoodie. Uh, Over that, he is wearing sort of a, like, letter jacket, baseball jacket sort of deal. You know, like, where the sleeves are a different color than the body.
1: Let's, Let's be clear, Matt. His look isn't more extreme than the truck driver's, but it is definitely more extreme. Like, where there's just the
0: X and then a dash. Oh, I was saying he's less extreme. I feel like this dude, like the other guy we're about to meet, has a very extreme look. This guy just looks sort of like a dope. Uh, no, no, although... no, dude.
1: This guy's guy in head-to-toe neon. That's as extreme as it gets, unless okay. you're accounting
0: Adam Extreme, the worst comic book costume in, in history. Uh, Dave, no, it is not. His power is that he can explode your blood, and so he's covered in knives so that he can make you bleed. Dude, that guy has on a backwards hat. Yes. And he is covered in knives yes. and is on the skateboard. It's, it's the toughest costume I, ever. I do not see the problem with this. <laughs> so, so Bike Guy rolls oh, like uh, into a... Bike guy's, oh, go, 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 go. bike guy's jacket on the back of it has a picture of a lion and the word Macbeth. I just wanted to point okay. that out for anyone keeping track of random words written on jackets and shirts. Man, I did not catch that. Um, that's real... I just, what? I do a lot of pausing anytime I see writing on a shirt in this show. I feel no, like No,
1: no, no, man. You you done good. I just like Canadian I get. It's like, all right, you know, for your friend Canada. Is this dude a clear declaring his allegiance to like the Thane of Cotter or something?
0: <laughs> man, could be.
1: So, okay. So, Macbeth and he he like rolls into the house, and this other dude who is also a yokai
0: is sitting there brewing coffee. So you, you can tell that this guy is a yokai uh, first of all because he's wearing like he's wearing a suit that has a lot of like clashing patterns on it. Um, yep. And over that he is wearing a sky blue leather trench coat, sunglasses, like some oh. weird face paint and lipstick. I think a fedora, but like a blue one? No, it's not a fedora. It's like a big sort of like round-brimmed floppy hat.
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's brewing like elaborate coffee in like golden muds. So,
0: so this dude's yeah, very clearly, obviously clearly a yokai. Clearly a monster.
1: Here's what we find out is that the guy on the bike is actually this week's yokai. His name is Norikabe. And Norikabe is a, is a
0: wall that's just... Yes. Oh, we we That's to all we mention. got. He has a little like face painting picture of a wall on his cheek, like a brick wall.
1: Yeah. Then that's just he's just He's just, just a, wall, a wall man, dude. Listen, that is that's his monster form. Oh, so
0: this is the guy that in the Power Rangers was Brick Bully. Oh, uh, if you okay, know right on. Who that is.
1: Yeah, so Nurikabe is just a wall that impedes or misdirects walking travelers at night.
0: Which trying does not, to go around it like is futile. Honestly seemed like super malicious. Like it seems annoying, but it is not like previous episodes where like they lure you into the river and drown you. This is just like an annoying wall that you cannot seem to get around easily.
1: Yeah, uh knocking on the according to Wikipedia, knocking on the lower left part of the wall Makes it disappear. So, so that's it. this is low stakes, Yokai. Literally, all it does is get in your way real bad unless you knock it on one quarter of its body <laughs> and then you're fine. So, so this is Nurikabe. So we don't know what the other monster is. We don't know who the Yokai is. But Nurikabe brings out like a big tub of water and he's like, all right, let's do it, let's do it. And we're not really sure what's going on until... They sort of like splash around in the water. and We find out that this tub of water is like a, it's like a crystal ball. It's like a remote viewing me- yokai magic thing.
0: Yeah. this Like I thought that they were just going to be like playing a weird game. It turns out they have like a scrying pool. <laughs> so
1: they use their scrying pool and they see Nakamaru and they're like, what two are we going to use? What two are we going to find? We don't know what four yet. But they look down, and they're viewing Nakamaro, and then we sort of, like, zoom in, and we are also seeing Nakamaro now, which is kind
0: of cool. Yeah, so Saito runs up, and Tsurakime uh, sees him. He's like, dude, where have you been? Why did you just, like, dip out of work?
1: And he's like, ah, where's everybody else,
0: though? And she's like, yeah, they're all gone,
1: too. So just a reminder, the rest of the Rangers are
0: are maybe, like, not super great friends yet. And also, this dude, who was just complaining about not having any money, just walked out on his job.
1: Listen, I think past episodes of this show have demonstrated that Saizo does not fully understand the connection between work and money. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. So, you know, he just doesn't know, man. So, as he is... Like, he reaches back for his wallet. I forget why. And he realizes the wallet is gone. He starts to freak out. But the kid runs over. And he's like, Oni-chan, Oni-chan. Like, hey, I got your wallet, man. So, Saizo's like, "Friggin' great. He runs over and, like, meets the kid in front of, a like, a fountain or something. And yeah. then we flash back to the yokai. And the yokai are like, those two. Here's the plan. And it turns out this is not just a scrying pool, but, like, uh a forced teleport tool, I guess. And so they like reach in and grab them and teleport them into a giant
0: maze. Yes, Nurikabe starts chanting the word dungeon and these two just like drop into this huge wooden maze. Like I'm trying to think of the best way to describe it. I know I've been to these sort of things at like a fair or like a renaissance fair or something. It's like a straw bale maze. It's just permanent. Right. It's not made out of straw. It is made out of wood. And I assume yeah, that this is a like pre-existing structure that they did not like to build gotta this be. for this show. Because this thing is huge and elaborate.
1: There is no way in a million years that Super Sentai built this entire set just for this show. Also, it's sitting right outside the city. Because as Saizo as is running around, like there's some of it that has steps. And he jumps up. And you could just see the city like a block away.
0: Yeah, I know we complained last week about, like, Saizo and uh, Seikai not being able to get over a low wall with their, like, incredible ninja powers. This is even worse than that. Like, I could probably get over this wall if I was really trying.
1: Matt, that is almost word for word what my notes say. This wall is, like, (laughs) maybe four inches taller than Saizo. There is no... And also, there are big gaps, like, underneath the walls... So he could easily go under or over these walls with zero problem whatsoever. I'm not going to lie Matt. though. None of this is the first thing that I thought of when I saw this this maze. What, is, what was the first thing you thought of? The first thing that I thought of was that this maze would
0: be a baller place to LARP. Dude, I would love to go to this maze. This thing looks awesome. So they're, they're in this
1: maze. And here's what we find out is that. This dude, uh, Nurikabe, and whatever the other yokai's name is, we don't know what it is.
0: I don't think we get it throughout the whole episode, do we?
1: Yeah, we don't. So what they do is they grab any two people, they drop them in the middle of the maze, and then they bet on which one gets out first. Nurikabe is three days, has lost for the last three days. And these dudes are betting uh, gold coins, like 10 gold coins. So
0: Nurikabe bets on the child... Uh, which leaves the other dude to have to bet on Saizo. And they, they were sort of dropped in separate parts of the maze, but they're both running around and sort of like shouting to each other, trying to find each other. And what follows is a sequence of about three minutes of just Saizo and this child running around in circles in the maze. So
1: it, first of all, is, is way too long. Like we did not need to see this much of this people running around in this maze. But the second thing is, is it turns out that the maze is magic because Saizo keeps running, like he runs up a set of stairs and then down it and then immediately runs up the same set of stairs. And he does this like four times in a row. So some like weird trickery is going on with this maze. But we flash back to the yokai who are watching this happen. And as they're watching, like a wall drops in front of the kid to block off the way that he was going. And Nurikabe, who would bet on the kid, It's like, oh, no,
0: he went the wrong way. Like, he got trapped. So... Yeah, and the other dude says, oh, once you go down that passage, you can never leave. So
1: apparently... Okay, so A, the maze is magic. B, these dudes don't control it. Like, it is its own thing, apparently. And they just kind of have to hope it goes well for whoever they bet on. At least so they can win the bet, because right. they clearly don't care if they tie.
0: <laughs> so now to this, yeah, to this point, it has kind of seemed as though, like, these two dudes, like, they're yokai, but they have just kind of seemed mischievous. Uh, it hasn't actually seemed, like, full-on villainous. And then, the ma- like, that stuff in the maze starts breaking bad. Like, I think it starts off with uh, Saizo steps on, like, a rock but the yep. rock is actually a switch and a bunch of spears come out of nowhere and almost murder him.
1: Yep, and then the kid sees like a like a hologram of a terrifying monster, and then he freaks out and runs away.
0: I, I was assuming that this thing is just haunted and he saw a ghost.
1: Oh yeah, actually that makes a lot more sense. So also there's a ghost. Also, Saizo gets like a Indiana Jones-style giant boulder down whatever hallway he's in. That must have been
0: so fun to put that scene together. Oh, yeah. Because, like, they literally... Uh, like I'm Dude, sure just this- Someone on the other side of that thing, like, shoving it through the hall, like, the passageway, trying to crush him with a huge styrofoam boulder. Dude, this would be super fun to
1: LARP in. Like, that was not... I mean, that's a considered opinion. And then, finally, the kid is, like, surrounded by fire or something.
0: Uh, and so, Saizo, like... He's really, like, he just gets this look on his face like, yeah, I'm done with this. And he pulls out his uh Doron Changer and he goes to Super Henge. But there is something about, like, the magical field of this maze that prevents him from being able to use his Nimpo.
1: Yeah. So, not, so we go from him to
0: the other rangers and they're
1: trying to contact him, like, over the Doron Changer. Can't get in touch with him. And they're like, dude, something is is weird. Like, we're not really sure what's happening But, like, whatever this maze is, not only does it block him from being able to use his Doron changer, it also blocks communication. So he's
0: just stuck in there. He cannot get a hold of the other rangers for help. So we cut back to the maze, and Saizo is, like, still running around trying to find the exit. He gets up on a platform. He's like, man, like, nothing good has happened to me since I met this stupid kid. Uh, But then he looks to the right, and, like, down the steps and through, like, a straight passage is the exit. Like, he has he, found it. He, I mean, not yeah, like he's on like, purpose. He's just been, like, bumbling around. But he has somehow happened to cross the exit.
1: Yeah, so he's super stoked. He runs toward the exit. Once he once he gets out, we flash back to the yokai. And the yokai, Nurakabe, who had been on the kid, is furious that he has lost. Like, he's super, super angry.
0: Yeah, and, like, the other dude takes... His, uh, Nur-Kalbe's 10 coins is like all right sweet I win again and he leaves he shows up outside of the maze where uh, Saizo is and he wanders out of the mist and Saizo being a superhero ninja who has just spent the last four weeks fighting demons looks at this guy's like oh hey man what's up
1: like how you doing things everybody's good clearly <laughs> right, cool, n- great. clearly
0: nothing weird is happening here Uh, And then when that man reaches into his pocket and hands him a single golden coin, thanks him for his service, and wanders back into the mist, Saizo still does not have a moment of recognition that perhaps, just maybe, this is an evil yokai. And I am, I am like almost certain
1: that that gold coin has like the face of a Roman emperor on it. That is
0: not. (laughs) So. That is not something that was ever Japanese currency.
1: Yeah, no, that that is absolutely the case. So we go back into the maze, and we see Nurikabe. He's in the maze, and he, like, turns into his monster form, which is is just a brick wall with a face There's some graffiti on it. There's some graffiti.
0: Uh, And he's shouting at this child, like, it's all your fault that I've lost my coins again. Like, I just hope these walls, like, crush you. He transforms into his dude, and the kid just starts screaming. Right. Well, the walls
1: do start to move in on him. So, Because Yurikabe, or Nurikabe, sorry, he is a wall monster. I guess he can control walls. Yeah, man. He's got wall magic. So, that makes sense. So, <laughs> we flash from there to the rangers. They're looking around for Saizo. We see Saizo. He's outside of the maze, but he hears the kid yelling. This is... This is maybe my favorite moment in this entire episode. He hears the kid yelling outside the maze. He's like, "Oh man, I gotta go and save him!" So he runs into the maze. Oh, yeah. There's like a half a second. He runs back out. He's like, "Oh wait, Ninpo doesn't work in there. Better take care of this now." Doran's super hand gaze, and then runs into the maze. It's great. And I don't like. I don't know why. I just love the idea. That he's like, "Oh no, wait! I better take care of this right now." And he just <laughs> then runs into the maze. So as he we go from there, we see the rangers
0: again. Oh, I'm They're sorry. looking By for the size-o. Way, There was one bit while he was outside before he went back in, where he contacted the other rangers and said, "Like, hey, I don't know exactly where I am. I'm outside of town, in front of this big like Western style house."
1: Oh yeah, so. So that that does become important. So the Rangers are running around. They're looking for this Western-style house because that's all the info they have. And they see Sundayu who is eating one of those. Okay,
0: oh dude, I also have this in my notes. These weird, like, battery-powered, self-rotating lollipops.
1: Yeah, it's just it's just a rotating handle with a with a lollipop stuck in it, and you hit the button and it just spins.
0: I guess to save you the trouble of. Eating it, dude. This is one of those things that when I saw it, I realized that I had not seen one in like eighteen years. But like, you know, that's not the sort of thing that pops into your head. But it was such a, it's such a weirdly specific thing that brought like me weird in, '90s thing. Right, yeah. it just brought me back exactly to 1994. It was bananas. So, so I, it's I actually think probably like chocolate flavored, but.
1: I was, well, no, it was like black and brown and yellow. So I think it may have actually been like chocolate banana flavored. That
0: so, would be delicious.
1: So Sandayu says, well, if you can't find him, you just have to follow your instincts. And then he just starts laughing like a jerk. And Sasuke's like, what does that, e-? I love this. Because Sasuke's like, what does that even mean? Follow your, no, I do not have time to listen to your like weird riddle, Sandayu. I'm going <laughs> to find my friend. And he just <laughs> runs away. And I just really dig that he's yelling at the mentor character. Be like, no, your weird teacher riddles are stupid. Just tell me where he is so I can go find my friend. But you just laughs. We go back I mean, from there.
0: Sandu's got a whole thing he's got to keep up. Yeah. I,
1: although, to be honest, I do not know what that thing is. Dude, okay. Like, this- I know... I know that Sandayu definitely has like a thing that he's doing because his outfit is too crazy to suggest otherwise. But like I don't know what that dude's deal is, aside from that he's a maybe immortal butler.
0: Dude, here's another with a sword. Here's another thing about this show is that, like, this is episode five, and we barely know this guy, and I'm pretty sure he's like their mentor character, but I'm still only pretty sure. Um Also, this is episode five. We still don't know who the villain is of this show. Like, we have only had Monsters of the Week.
1: I thought it was just, I thought it was that
0: main, you know, Cobra or Serpentor. I mean, maybe. Maybe it is. I I legitimately don't know. So,
1: I mean, that has been my assumption, but yeah, I guess we don't actually know for sure. So. Sizo si- is in the maze. Uh, he hears the kid being killed. He's like, "Oh no!" He almost gets hit by a spike trap, but he survives. And he's uh, like, "All right, is, by the enough way, of this." This is
0: this is a reused trap. This is the exact same like two big spiked walls pop out of the ground and try to swing together trap from the first episode. <laughs> so he's like, he's like, "I've had enough
1: of this." So he just goes like ninja knuckle, and he's got a he's got a wing gauntlet.
0: Yeah, basically. And he
1: just starts he just starts punching through walls, like crash punching through walls, like in a straight line towards this kid. Which is Which amazing. Is, I love it. Why, why is that not your go-to? Like, kid is dying. You've got... Anyways.
0: I don't know. Why so is he just go-to jump 100 feet in the air and fl- see where the kid is and then land there with his weird ninja magic?
1: Man, I don't, I don't know. Um, So Saizo, run, he runs through. He sees the kid. Like, he saves the kid, um, or he goes to save the kid. It does seem, by the way, like, Nurikabe would be better at picking who's good at mazes, seeing that he is literally a wall.
0: Well, he's only one wall. Like, there's no angles to Nurikabe, you know? Oh, that's right. If, he he, if like, he had a bunch technically of two dimensional that were all also walls and they got together, I'm sure they'd be awesome at maze. That was real good. Thank you. <laughs> so, so
1: Nodakabe summons Dorodoros that appear in Fatigues with assault rifles. Which is beautiful. Which is great. Uh, doesn't really follow the theme of the episode, but whatever. And as they are starting to fire, we see Sasuke, who is the smart ninja, just literally leap over all of the walls and, like, shoot, like, throw shuriken at the Dorodoros. So he knows what's up, at least, which is comforting.
0: Right. Skip all that nonsense. Throw knives at monsters' heads. So they land,
1: and Saizo's like, "Dang, how did you guys find me?" And Sasuke's like, "We had to use our instinct." And Saizo <laughs> says, "That's some instinct. Like, dang, man, I'm, I'm impressed." So then they all Doran-shay, They all super henge because apparently it does work in the maze now.
0: You know, I've been trying to figure that out for the last few minutes. How it works now, and like, listen, we could maybe headcanon this. But I feel Listen, like this just is a got, show for babies. right? They just hit a point in the show where they realize like, oh, we've only got a few minutes left. We do not have time for them to like leave and then change. They need to like change and then leave because that's the only way we can get them out of this spot.
1: So they, they leap out of the maze like they leap slash like grappling hook their way out of the maze. They do their full intro scene with the cool tagline and then they start the fight. One of my favorite moments in any Super Sentai show is when they show you the direct transition from all of the Rangers in their pose at the end of the intro to just going back to saying their lines. Because it reminds you that this is not like a recorded thing done for our benefit. Like the Rangers are just doing this every time. Like this is a little choreographed <laughs> dance that they do. And then like you see them and they kind of like pop up out of their. Dance and like continue saying whatever it was they were saying before. I never get tired of
0: it. It's wonderful. So, they all like have the exact same poses every time as though it is not the same footage.
1: The, right. Uh so they start the fight and Yurikabe, he like he's like, well, Let's see how you deal with this. Ninpo battle tile. And like he literally a brick. Like that is just what he does. Like he squats down and bricks fall out of between his legs. Like he just He just does that. But I guess by getting rid of extra bricks, he turns into a battle form. Which, which I, just looks like a slimmed down wall. He's still a wall, don't get me wrong.
0: But there's like cracks in the wall. I mean okay, I feel like the reason that this exists is Because it must be very difficult to move in that wall costume, and they needed to have him like limber enough to be able to have a fight scene. Yeah, no, that's definitely, but the like case. it's you know, like, completely senseless because he was he had just turned into this crazy wall monster, and now he's turning into a slightly different, not even necessarily crazier wall monster. Like the face is a little more messed up, but like, yeah, it's, it's just, just a, a thing different.
1: And so, so <laughs> he is just like, uh ninpo battle disappearance and she just she and the rest of the ninjas just disappear and proceed to just launch sneak attacks on nurikabe it's
0: amazing like he's getting hit from all angles uh saizo comes up to him and he manages to like grab saizo but it's not actually saizo it's an empty costume and saizo is like down by his legs and he trips him
1: yeah he does have nurikabe that is he has a technique called brick hurricane which is literally like
0: He throws a bunch of bricks at them. Which, listen, that would be a very bad thing to happen to you in your day.
1: Uh, Well, yeah, I mean, I would not want to be hit by a brick. Uh,
0: That's definitely true. It does not seem like as deadly as some of the other like crazy like yokai Well, I just
1: like it because everybody else is like busting out like fireballs and lasers.
0: And Nurikami's like, brick hurricane. (laughs) Listen, I'm a simple man. I got bricks and I don't like you. So here's what we're going to do.
1: I'm so you got bricks. So, Saizo takes him out. He uses caltrops, which is rad. And then he's like super ninja secret technique square cut. And he cuts a square in the air, and then that square flies it. Nurikabe, I think, it just hits him. It's, well, okay. It's weird.
0: Because I, I don't know if you've really noticed this much, Dave, but the... Uh so most of the costumes for the Kaku Rangers are all, like, identical, right? Like, they're just... Yeah, no, I... Like, a simple ninja costume, but the... Right. M- like, the shape of the masks are all different. Yes. Very slightly. Um, and, like, one of them... Like, you know, uh, Sasuke's is sort of circular. And then there's, like, ones that have, like, one angle or two angles or three angles. And uh, Saizo's is m- sort of square-ish.
1: So, yeah, I mean, no, like, I, I saw that. It was just sort of like, I'm going to cut in a shape.
0: But, attack. Uh, Suri Himei also did this a few episodes ago.
1: Oh, that's right. I actually did forget about that.
0: Yeah, so I guess, you know, they all got like a crazy energy sort attack. A, right, they, they just got have attack. to do their shape. It's cool. So he
1: manages to do this attack, which is great. And... Gi Nurikabe's like
0: fine, giant wall. Is he sort of exasperated that he has to become giant? He's like, fine, okay, I'm just gonna do this thing. Like, as though he would have much preferred to have like not had to bother with this today.
1: Yeah, I am
0: having trouble getting a
1: bead on Nurikabe. And so he does that. And then Saizo is just like, all right, giant form. So giant wall, giant form. He turns into, well, he like summons slash turns into slash merges with
0: Blue Logan. And what I really like about this is that in other seasons that we've watched, if there's ever going to be a fight between like one of the Rangers in their giant robot versus one of the monsters once they become giant, it's always had to have been either the Red Ranger, whose robot can, like, stand on its own a little more than the other ones, or, like, a Sixth Ranger who has a special robot. But in this show, since they all have, like, a very similar giant form, they can have a thing where, no, like, this is the Saizo episode. Saizo is going to get really big, and he's going to fight that dude.
1: Yeah, I am. I'm gonna be honest. I am a little bit confused because Muteki Shogun does not seem to be like that much bigger than the generals. But he is made up out of all five of the giant beast generals. So I'm not maybe they totally can like, sure maybe as they, to the scale maybe kind of everything that's happening.
0: Condense, and Muteki Shogun is very dense.
1: Uh, well, he's definitely more powerful than they are. So yeah, sure. I guess he's more dense.
0: Yeah. So either larger or denser. We are we are expanding what it means to have robot power in the world of Super Sentai. So I so,
1: uh, got those PIM particles in there. Heck yeah. So, Blue Logan, they start to fight. uh, Nurikabe, like, summons some walls to trap him, which is pretty cool. And then he throws exploding spears at him, which is also pretty cool. And he's like, yeah, got Blue Logan. And then the walls drop, and Blue Logan is just behind them because of ninja trickery.
0: Like, he has managed to ninja teleport his giant robot body behind these walls.
1: Love it. Love it. Not mad at all. So, (laughs) uh... Logan basically attacks, and then he pulls out, I, I looked it up, and it's just called like the Logan Rod, oh, and yeah, it's, just it's just a, kind of like a big stick, stick, but like he doesn't even grab the stick. The stick has like a boxy handle attached to like like a third of the way up. And I guess that's his super weapon. I, I don't even know what it's supposed to be. I mean, clearly it's it's just to be the Logan stick. I, I don't know what the problem is. It's just the here, Logan Dave. rod. That's the whole thing. I don't know, man. I was hoping
0: for a cool giant wolf weapon. So, Nurikabe is on the ground and. Blue Logan's got his weapon, but instead of going right after Nurakabe, he turns to the maze. He's like, okay, this is the last time you ever do this. I'm wrecking this maze so thoroughly that it will just never function again. And he just uses his giant weapon and, like, robot self to destroy this thing, which I love! Because you never get to, like... When they hardly ever do anything at that scale that isn't fighting something else that is at that scale. And if they ever destroy a building, it's by accident because they just like fall into it. I mean, yeah. Just but like, the
1: fact this- that he's like, no, I hate this thing. It's real stupid and dumb and I'm wrecking it. Yeah. I loved it. So he does, he just friggin' he destroys this maze and then he is about to finish it. Like he is about to, you know, take out Nurakabe. And as he is going to, like, a giant eyeball appears in the sky and blasts him with electricity.
0: Red electricity, if it matters. Red electricity, yeah. keeping notes at home.
1: Blasts him with electricity. Blue Logan goes down for a second. And the eye, like, broadcasts. And he's like, Nurikabe, you gotta get out of there. Like, you gotta run. So Nurikabe ghosts. Like, he just teleports away. And then the eye disappears, and then that's actually kind of the end of the scene.
0: Yeah, so we c- cut back to the courtyard where all of this started, like where they had gotten teleported away from near the fountain, and they're all sort of congregating together. And uh, you know, they're they're glad that everyone's safe and that Saizo's back. And Saizo's like, "Oh yeah, but you know, like I still lost my wallet." The kid comes running in. And Sizer's like, oh, man, buddy, like, I'm so glad you're safe. Come on over here. Hey, also, you, like, uh,
1: remember that wallet, though? And the kid's is like, oh, yeah, dude, sorry, super, like, I totally have it. So he goes to get it, and he's like, oh, dude, I think I dropped it in the maze. <laughs> and Sizer's like, but I destroyed the maze with my parentheses with my giant robot and it was super awesome but still my wallet
0: yeah so like he has effectively buried his wallet under like two tons of broken maize so uh,
1: I want to say we did see his wallet in there before and he had a thousand yen in it which was like it's like 10 bucks which I mean bummer but but even so and then he's like oh wait wait a minute and he reaches in his pocket and he pulls out the gold coin. And everyone's like, where did you get a golden coin? He's like, I don't know. Some dude just gave it to me when I escaped from the maze. Crazy,
0: huh? And then Jiraiya grabs it out of his hand. And like an old timey Western prospector, because he is an American, of course, uh, he bites down on it. And is like, oh, that's real gold.
1: Heads up. Uh, if you are listening to this from another country, I, I wouldn't bother to explain it because we are American. But if you're not American, you might not know. Uh, all Americans can do that.
0: Oh, yeah. Listen. Like,
1: anybody anybody born, any native-born son of America can bite. It actually extends to all metal. We could just bite metal and absolutely know its purity just instinctively. It well, doesn't sorry. come up a lot,
0: but, yeah. we, but we can do it. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, you, you got density, you got flavor. I mean, basically, those are the two major factors.
1: Yeah, that's pretty much it. Aura. So he's like, this is pure gold. So, and so Tsuruhime <laughs> grabs it, and she's like, this is worth, like, five grand, she gives it to it in us in yen, but it's it's worth effectively five grand. Uh, which there's no way a
0: coin of this size, by the way, is worth five grand. Uh, maybe she is an experienced numismatist, and she recognizes that this is a coin from, like, Trajan's period in Rome. <laughs> so, <laughs> and just happens to know the fair market value of classic and antique coins.
1: So... Uh, size of a superstar. He's like, no way, this is amazing, and he grabs it. And as he grabs it, it kind of like slips out of his hands. Well, because everyone's it, like, grabbing for
0: it at the same time. Like they want to take it from him. I guess. I don't know, man. I think we're just excited about it. But it it falls down
1: like a little hole in a in a manhole cover. And size it was immediately like, oh no, my five grand. It's like, dude, you can pick up the manhole cover, right? Like, it's not a, it's not a portal to the void dimension. Like, it just fell down a
0: hole. You, like, yeah, just, you have ninja magic.
1: Like, you can I there. We have seen, we have seen you, dudes, use ninja magic to turn into something smaller than that coin. You can absolutely just follow that thing down there, but,
0: but whatever, uh. <laughs> so in his grief he forgot his new superpowers he's really only had him for about a week
1: so we we go from there we see Nurikabe and the other dude They're sort of like hobbling down uh an alleyway the other dude is like Nurikabe, my buddy i'm so sad that like you're messed up but we'll get those jerks and they're like yeah
0: we'll get those jerks he he doesn't say my buddy he says my brother i think these dudes uh, are brothers
1: Oh, you know what? honestly, I I just assumed that that was like a term of affection, but maybe they are literally brothers.
0: I think so. I mean, listen, we'll find out probably next week. Uh, yeah, so we go they have back, sworn back to their vengeance and the episode is almost over. So so we pop back to our narrator.
1: Who says, like, well, we'll see what happens next time. And then he is trapped by walls, which is a pretty great touch. <laughs> and, like, and then that's the
0: end of the episode. Yeah, walls are, like, coming from all sides. And he kind of half, like, gets his head over part of it. He's like, these walls will be gone by next week. Come back then. Um, so, yeah, that's
1: it. So, man, that was a good episode. I was real into that.
0: Yeah, I really dug it. Um I guess we're not doing high lows and high points and low points anymore and we don't have any dead monsters to put on the list. But do you have any sort of final thoughts you want to say on this thing?
1: No, man. I just like I'm re- like the shape of Conku Ranger seems to be really different than than like other sentai shows that I've seen. Like it seems like it's departing from the formula in a number of ways. And it's, it's kind of cool. It seems a little less formulaic. Like you said, like, we don't know who the bad guy is and, and stuff like that.
0: But I'm just super digging this show. Yeah, dude. I thoroughly agree. Uh, so but, that's it for us. Yeah, I think that is going to do it for another episode of A View to a Cocky Ranger. Before we finish up here, I'd like to remind you all, you can email the show at SuperSentaiBrothers at gmail.com. If you want to get any updates on future episodes or check out the things we're talking about on Twitter, we are at bros. Um, we have a website now, and although I did not write it down to be part of my end-of-episode script, I am going to try to remember that it is, what, com slash Yeah, but
1: or you could just go to retrogradeorbitradio.com, and there's a link on the front of the, to the Super Sentai Brothers portion of that page.
0: And check out all the great shows. Uh, If you like the show, please remember that shining in the iTunes review section, there are five stars. Please rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. That's what's going to help new people find the show. If you have done that, you have our thanks. Uh, And if you haven't done that, I mean, you probably still have our thanks. You've listened this far. That's cool.
1: Yeah. You're a cool dude. Help us out, though. That'd
0: be rad. That'd be swell. Super Sentai Brothers, as we have discussed at length this episode, are a production of Retrograde Orbit Radio. We're the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we will see you next week.